Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle podcast. It's wonderful to be talking about our iconic ocean bars right at the heart of our coastline, the pointy eastern end of the city of Newcastle. I'm joined today by the city of Newcastle's project planning coordinator, Megan Bennett. Welcome, Megan. Thank you very much. And I have a very special guest, Mr. Paul Scott, known as Newcastle's most miserable man. I am known as Newcastle's most miserable man by many, yes. So just to unpack that a little bit, not the grumpiest. No, most miserable. It was definitely most miserable. How do you get to hold such a auspicious title in the city of Newcastle? I think back in 2014, I wrote something in the Newcastle Herald, in a column I have in the Newcastle Herald about, you know, 2014 was a time there was a lot of change going on in the city. It was like a time of really radical change. And there was a, a promise made by the local manager of the property council regarding that the, the rail corridor would never be built on. I said something like, yeah, that's that's never going to happen. That, that's going to get built on. I, I don't believe that. And then he he responded with, uh, you know, oh, yeah, typical from, you know, the most Newcastle's most miserable man. And then the Herald ran a poll asking <laughs> if I was the most miserable man and over 90% of people, I think my mother voted a real lot in that poll for me being the most miserable man at the time. So, yeah, that stuck. That stuck. It stuck well, didn't it? Yeah. So, being the most miserable man, it's wonderful that you could join uh, our community reference group and help us actually steer the renovation of the Ocean Bar site into something that's amazing for the community. Well, I, th- I think, yeah, well, I was very pleased to be able to do that. And I think one of the reasons that I, I got a, a vote on, I mean, uh, if you look who's on that committee, it's very broad. There's a, you know, there's a number of community reps, I think like eight community people representing different community groups there's 10 community members and i think it was terrific to be on there and i've written about the baths on numerous occasions yes in, in you different, have in different capacity yeah. do you get paid for the column because i think maybe we should be taking a cut of the amount of times you've written about the ocean baths <laughs> that's a matter between myself and the taxation office <laughs> look i i think that well i love it and people do love it. And I, I see the ocean baths and, I, you know, I, I include the bogey hole in there on the stretch, even though the bogey hole is a, is a whole different kettle of fish. But it's a place where, you know, locals and tourists swim. And it's a draw card. It's a magnet. If you come to Newcastle, you know, one of the most photographed places, one of the most hashtag places is the, is the ocean baths. I mean, people... People can't believe it. Like when they rock up to the ocean bars and they look at the ocean bars and they swim in the ocean bars, you don't have to pay to use this. You don't have to. Well, I said, well, you, you, not exactly. You don't have to pay an admission fee, but it, you know, it comes out of it, it's part of council's responsibility through through rates. It's just a terrific place, and we all want to see it improved. It's it's coming up to its hundredth birthday. It's been a long time. You know, the can was kicked down the road for a long time, I think, over there. I think it was, it scared people the size of what actually needed doing over there. So it's it, it's terrific that over the last few years with the planning that's been going on, we get, we are getting to the business end now of, of, of seeing the renovations. Delivering change, upgrading assets, heritage assets, 
and actually, you know, substantially dealing with not just from a financial perspective, but also from the perspective of a community development lens, going through the renewal in Newcastle is actually not easy because what has happened in in my view over a number of decades, lots of areas that needed renewal were put into the too hard basket. Mm. And sometimes given the public discourse, you can see why. Because the amount of stakeholders, misinformation, opinions that differ in the community to deal with some of these issues, and one of them is the the ocean bars, and we're talking about that today, actually means you have to you know, manage what is sometimes a really delicate process and can be steered off direction in so many different ways that actually getting to the crux of trying to preserve and renew that asset for future generations can be lost in some of the banter that goes on. And I've and it still goes on a little bit at the moment with the ocean bars, but we really appreciate your involvement. We appreciate the broad uh, group of community members that are all volunteering their time to give us very frank and fearless advice. And what could be more frank and fearless than Newcastle's most miserable man? <laughs> uh, look, I, it, I agree with that summation. There's as many opinions about what should happen at the ocean bars to uh, uh, as many people that are there and and people are passionate about these and I've I disagree with some of the things that are that, that people are putting forward and and they disagree with some of the things that I've put forward for example some friends of mine who believe that the the, the front of the pavilion that, that beautiful iconic front of the pavilion should someone should take a picture of it then knock it down and then rebuild it exactly uh, as it was because of the the rods that go through it and the and and the and the cost of the electricity to to go through it and the rusting and four million dollars was spent on it a number of years ago. There was other people who said, "Well, look, you know those steps that protect us from the northeaster in summer." Others said, "Well, you know, would it be good if we knocked that down because Mary Maryweather doesn't have one. They have a they have a view to the to the horizon. They don't they don't have to look at that. But that's a place that's uh, you know people use it to get out get out of the wind. It's a place to hang out. It's a it's a place that people use a lot in photography. There's a lot of that place gets used a heck of a lot for for different fashion shoots, film shoots, all kinds of things. I mean, if you and I, I know when I was working at the university, I always used to, when people were doing various kinds of shoots, you know, it was kind of like, oh, if you haven't got an idea, go down to the ocean paths. <laughs> You'll get one. You'll find one. Inspiration will come. Yeah, so- but that's hard. That's hard. No, I don't, you know, I, I think that it is a really difficult thing. And, and I think it's probably, it's a fool's errand to think that you're going to get total consensus on on an issue like the Newcastle Ocean Baths, there's going to, there's always going to be some differences of opinion, but ultimately the decision has to be made. Otherwise, it stays in the too hard basket. Nothing gets done. I don't think there's anybody. Well, actually, there may be people who don't want anything done at all to leave, to leave it as it is. But it's been a long process. A lot of people have had the opportunity. If you wanted to have a say on this, you had the opportunity to have a say on it. And I, I think the, the process has been one that has encouraged input. And I suppose the thing with consultation, people, people always say, well, I wasn't listened to. Well, it doesn't mean because you put forward an idea that that one will be swept up and adhered to. 
that's a hard thing, I think, for, for some people. They confuse with their idea not being run with, with not being listened to. And I, I, I don't know how you get around that. There's probably not any way to get around it besides having as much open and honest conversations as possible and sharing as much information as possible. And sometimes that's information overload for people, but particularly on sites that do attract that much attention, we tend to err on the side of let's overshare information, which some people like, and sometimes it's a bit too much for everybody to process. Your Newcastle, your podcast. Got feedback or suggestions for us? Connect via the podcast link at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. Before I jump over to Megan to talk a little bit about the project at Council, I think I probably should just clarify a few things. Paul mentioned something about knocking down the facade, about the steps. None of that is actually occurring to anyone listening to this podcast (laughs) uh, right now. He was just making examples. Council has actually resolved to protect the heritage facade to ensure that it's always free entry and there has never been a discussion and there never will be while I'm around about removing those iconic bleachers and steps and also one little note I had my wedding photos taken there many many years ago (laughs) yeah well yeah and um, look I I think if everyone stuck their hand up who did have wedding photos taken there, you'd you'd be surprised. I mean, it's a place – that and King Edward Park are two of the places in town that people run to to get get photos uh, done. But I I think where we're up to now, like we've we've come through the last meeting that we had in March, that was the opportunity then, the – the engagement team that was brought in and, and people worked around the tables and and basically said, you know, well, these are still things that we are concerned about and certainly the, the resultant um, FAQ that came out of that talked about which changes were being incorporated and where cha- some people had asked for some changes and they, those changes weren't being incorporated. It was explained the reasons why. Now, people may or may not be happy about it. My, my experience tends to be if, if people really want something and even if you explain to them with the most clear logic in the world about why that's not going to happen, uh, those people will still be upset, disaffected, cross, whatever. But ultimately, I think the decisions have to be made. to to move forward and you're not going to get all your way all of the time. No, that's pretty much the motto here at the City of Newcastle. (laughs) (laughs) No one actually gets their way. It's just a a good compilation of everyone getting a little bit and um, having to give up something. But that's the art of negotiation, isn't it? And actually being able to move the city forward. Megan, uh, you're leading this project with a team at Council. Can you just explain to us the concept that we're going through with the two stages? So to be clear, we're talking about stage one and the consultation and stage one is the ocean pools in themselves and the area all around the ocean pools that council has committed almost $10 million to funding that works. And when we start work on that part of the project, we're going to start consultation on stage two of the project, which is actually um, the front facade and uh, change rooms and the other parts. So we've broken it because it's such a big project. We've broken it up into two stages. We, yeah, we have the two stages of the of the ocean bars. We have stage one, which is the pools and the promenade, and it's also the stairs up to the upper deck. 
And then the stage two is the pavilions and that upper deck as well and into the car park. But what we've had to do is actually look at both of them together because on the southern side you have the ramps that come down and whilst they go across both stages, we need to do it now so people can get really good access to the pool and the pool promenade and the bleachers all together. So we've had to look at it holistically to look at access and access is very important now. When they were built in in the early 1900s, being accessible wasn't important, but it is really important to us now to get it right so everyone can use those baths. So we're going to do the pool work and then we'll move on to stage two and start our full community consultation in stage two in the future. So stage one has been quite a process as Paul outlined in terms of community consultation. Could you just run us through the highlights of the pool upgrades that are planned? Yeah, the pool upgrades is about uh, getting people from the car park down and from the the upper promenade down as well to be fully accessible so anyone can get down there. Once you move on to the pool deck, it is making larger ramps into the pool itself, which again are going to be accessible. Uh, at the moment, there's been a lot of concern that the, the concept plans don't show handrails into the pool. Of course, we're putting in handrails, but on a concept, you can't show everything because it's one one picture of it, uh, one drawing of it, and you can't show all the detail. There is definitely handrails into the pool. Good to know. That's yes. good good detail it to is. know. There's definitely handrails. We wouldn't leave those out. Definitely not. The, the important things that to the, to the CRG and the members of the public have been Getting into the pool, the timber walkway is staying. We are increasing and making the the ramp in there larger. And it uh, initially on our concept design, it was shown going from west to east. And then we had a lot of um, feedback, particularly from the community reference group members, saying they didn't like that idea. So we then explored moving it so it goes from south to north. And they didn't like it because it made the laps shorter. And then we found out through the community consultation how important the, the length of lap is for the people that do the laps. So taking that into consideration, we've moved the ramps so they go from the south to the north. It won't now impact the length of the pools for the lap people. For me as a parent, having the ramps close to that side where there's going to be some seats is great. For my young children, they'll be able to play on those ramps or or swim on the ramps and they'll be really close proximity to me as well. We need to be able to get trucks in there so the ramps are going to be wide to get trucks in. The ramps are going to be accessible. People will be able to use them. And it doesn't impact the, the length of the laps for people. And people that don't work in the area of facility maintenance, they might be thinking, why are you taking a truck into my swimming pool, Megan? <laughs> why have you got a giant truck in there? So maybe just explain how important it is that we can actually get access for maintenance and water quality. Yeah. The, the pools get totally drained and then there's a lot of sand in the bottom and the sand does go off over time. For me, who goes to the beach all the time, I wouldn't think about sand going off, but the sand in the pool does. It gets algae growth. So we have to get the trucks in there to actually remove the sand. Then we have to get people in there to do the whitewashing on the side of the pools. Uh, if there's any maintenance required, you need to be able to get trucks in there. So we've had to make the ramps wide enough for the trucks. The ramps are at the right gradient. Uh, gradients, yeah, for, for accessibility. So that's why we need to get trucks in there. The cleaning is a really important aspect and uh, Paul would know all about the cleaning because it has provided content for his readers at the Newcastle Herald many a time over, down to the point where I think we started getting random videos of, I think it was a Band-Aid, all our phones. It was like, oh, Paul is having some sort of moment at four o'clock in the morning at the bars. So let's just say the, the gradient and the width of those ramps 
is very good for accessibility for people, but getting those trucks and getting those bars cleaned will save us getting woken up when Paul's swim in the morning isn't going well. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> of course, it is in, important, the, the cleanliness of it. And actually, just on that, I would uh, I, I did praise yes, you the did. council the other day. On there's, there's a chap down there at the moment who's who's doing a, fan, a fantastic job with the cleaners down there, and it's it's very noticeable. And that that is one thing that I, I, I notice, you know, if you're looking through social media, that there are some people who are very concerned that the, the, the pool is going to lose its rock bottom because it's going to be cemented over. I think the FAQs from council have explained council's uh, position on that, why that decision has been taken. And one of those things, you, you were talking about the sand and the, uh, and, and the dirt. I mean, that, that's what happens in... A, that doesn't happen at Merriweather. You you get now since the that pool there has got the cement bottom. You, you don't have the same issue with the cloud the cloudiness of the water. And people can confuse the cloudiness of the water with the water quality. So I know when in high use times in January that council does do a tests on the water quality and say, well, the water quality is fine, but people will say, no, well, it doesn't look fine. Yes, it's about the turbidity of yes. them. And that's been one of our concerns. The turbidity of the water actually stops the lifeguards being able to see if someone goes under the water. If it's really turbid because of the uh, lots of sand being rustled up, then they can't see. And lifeguards have been very important for our consultation with the lifeguards, but it's also been important to listen to what they're saying and balance it with what the community are saying. So it, we have designed for a concrete cap over the rocks because the bottom of the pool, it's a rock bottom, it's natural, it's all up and down and all over the place. Sand accumulates in some of these lower areas and we can't get the sand out. And the sand could have been in there for 20 years. We can't get to the very bottom of it. By putting a concrete cap over the top of the rock bottom, it still allows the natural accretion. The sand gets in there at the moment by washing over and it comes in via the pumps. We're still going to be allowing that. So the, the concrete cap over the rock bottom will be there and the sand will still be able to come in when the waves wash it over, when you've got the really high tides that again have the, the waves washing over. So we're not stopping the sand coming in. What we are going to be doing is being able to clean it properly. And that was another thing you talked about, the lifeguards. I, I think that was a really good thing that uh, that came out of the last meeting was the, the talk about the need for lifeguards to have uh, a 360 degree view, for uh, particularly for passive surveillance i know i know in newcastle we we I, I don't know if it's what the position is in terms of cctv cameras but we don't seem to be really into cctv cameras in general in, in public spaces um i notice that places in for example in lake mac the there's signs up there at the charlestown pool saying that they're they're installing cctv uh cameras but i think uh, 360 degree surveillance for the lifeguards so they can see in front of them, they can see behind them, they can see there's three entrances into that pool. There's the the northern entrance, the southern entrance, there's the, the, middle, the middle entrance, and there's also people coming in and out of the change rooms. This is and this is also going to allow where the situation where the where the new lifeguard tell be, they'll actually be able to see down into the canoe pool as well. The lifeguards at the moment sit back in the pavilion building. Mm. The new design has them. As soon as you go from the pool promenade, you go up to the upper deck. They're 
got a new lifeguard uh, area right there with windows and particularly facing out to the pool. So they'll have full view of everyone in the pool and be right there at a higher level. And it's important for us to have stairs directly beside the lifeguard tower. So if there is someone in trouble in the pools, they've got direct access right down to them straight away. So that's been taken into consideration. Talking about your cleanliness, the pool pumps has been a massive part of the getting it right. So we'll be able to pump water in a lot quicker than we currently do to fill up the pool. They're newer pumps, so it'll be doing a a cleaner job of the seawater that's coming in as well. And it will continue to be the seawater that's pumped into there. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. The Merrith Ocean Bars has the pump house in quite an iconic sort of similar aspect really to the bleachers at Newcastle Ocean Bars which is on the northeastern corner and now because of the shape of it is quite an iconic feature that people wouldn't I would imagine not want to see removed from Merriweather either because of you know it forms part of you know the look and the feel I guess of the vintage nature of when the bars were originally built I think it's a good decision to put it exactly back where it was an even better decision to increase the size of the pumps so we can actually continually improve the water quality that's going in and out and the water quality is really dependent on the current water quality of the ocean it's an ocean pool ocean baths and if we have large flooding events lots of gray water brown water coming down the hunter river and depending on the currents and the uh, surrounding water quality that then affects the bars water quality and there's not a lot that any pump can do about that because it's not a chlorinated discrete pool environment so you know we are dealing with nature in every aspect of having ocean pools and the expectation that you will go into the free ocean pools and have the, the exact same water quality you would have at an inland pool, for example, is just not really a realistic expectation as well. But that's, I think, some of the beauty of the the differing nature of our coastline, the iconic nature of going to those bars. You know, I went there a lot um, when I was young. I think I've told you about, you know, my time that I spent down there because I grew up in the east end of Newcastle in town. And we went there, you know, so many times to the point where during the consultation, I was like, are you sure we can't bring that diving board back? Because I spent so much time as a child on a diving board, but we were diving into quite shallow water. So I can understand why it's not safe. But we did, you know, would line up and feverishly swim back and line up again for that diving board. But I understand why we can't have people diving into water that isn't actually deep enough but you know that was the 80s <laughs> yeah I, I look one of the things that is staying though is the butcher's block yes. and, that, and and i mean that you know you go down there that was on, home on if we're a, playing tips inside the yeah, bath on a summer yeah. afternoon and there's also there's also you know uh king or queen of the butcher's block yes you know to be able to stand on top of it and fight off all comers like some sort of game of thrones kind of arrangement gets pretty rough yeah. at times but that's what that's what that's what the kids who play it want to want to do and it's just it's you know that's that's a that's a fun thing but yeah i can understand diving boards yeah no nah, i i can't see those now did did you ever go on it I never went on the no. I never went on the diving board. I nearly got to the top of the butcher's block one day, but a last minute kick to the head <laughs> <laughs> killed my desire. Who was who was that industrious young person that? <laughs> 
I, I think he ended up playing first grade for Waratah, actually. He was, he was a very large lad. Yeah, good on him, I Might say. have been in Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the, the top of that butcher's block. I don't know if I could get on there now, but that was home. So if you're playing tips in the baths. That was you, the spot. That was a spot that you, if you got there, you couldn't be tipped and you weren't in. Actually, have you, no, have you, no, have you noticed that someone's done a... Um, an artwork on the the, the, the pump house, the, oh. pump, uh, the pump house down at, at Newcastle. It's been there for quite some time. It's kind of fading away now, and it was, it just appeared there one day, and it was called a, it was called Stairway to the Stars, and it was just a, uh, it was a stairway going up, and there was a lot of different opinion. And people said, "Oh, isn't that good?" And other people said, "No, it should be white. Leave it how it is. What are they doing? Who gave them permission? Who's the artist? I bet Nuatali approved that." <laughs> I like how everyone thinks that I've got some sort of say on every single tiny thing that happens in Newcastle. You know, anyway, I guess that's part of the role. People go, did you put that stop sign there? Personally, um, I came out and I dug the hole and I put it in and I'm really sorry. (laughs) You can blame me. That's fine. I'm okay with that. We used to jump off the bleachers, but I shouldn't say that, should I? No, definitely not. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Other than saying the bleachers are definitely staying and they are loved and there has been no no talk about getting rid of the bleachers. The bleachers are gorgeous. They're so beautiful. The way they curve around, the way the light hits them. It's a great place for people to sit and also watch whether they're kids or you know whatever's happening in the main pool the laps that might be happening but we did used to jump off the back when the tide was high have you ever done that paul i haven't mm-hmm. done that but i just on the, just on the bleachers have you have you seen the film newcastle no should i have there's a film called newcastle oh, that was God. made here in oh, it must have been about 15 years ago and it was made by a, an american from newcastle in the states and he came out here and he made it. It's a kind of a coming of age surf film, but there's a there's the opening scenes of that film, and uh, make new. It looks like a it's, it's like an a, you know shot on thirty five millimeter. It's it's absolutely beautiful early morning, but there's a scene there that's shot from the ocean bars, you know. And there's a there, one of the characters is saying, sitting on the seats, looking down towards Newcastle Beach, saying, you know, where else would you want to be? And it's it's that's what that play that when you're sitting there with a, some salty chips on a you know on a summer's afternoon with a bit of a nor'easter going, where else would you want to be? What is important and brings that to mind is uh, we're having to raise the pool deck, and the reason I mention that is because of sea level rise and all the predictions we are having to raise the pool deck. So they'll be around for a lot longer for people to look at if they want to come from the states and visit our beautiful city. Our ocean bars will be around and being designed to for them to be there for quite some time. That's true. Yeah. It is wonderful that even though there's a huge amount of challenges involved in delivering change, particularly to iconic infrastructure that is in the city of Newcastle, I think we have a really great team at council that's working with a really great team in the community, Paul, that we can come together. And not everyone will agree on everything, but the main point to remember is that we are upgrading assets that have needed upgrading for decades and we're finally embarking on that work and not shying away from that responsibility to future generations of Novocastrians. Yeah, it's a, it will be a marvellous legacy. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the the place has needed it for a long time and now that it's actually being done, which brings me to the question. When? Oh, how did you guess? <laughs> 
The design, the detailed design, as we call it, is at 50% at the moment. And once we have 50%, then we have to go to everyone within internally in council to make sure that they can get the truck down, that the pumps are going to work, that they can maintain the pumps. Everything that we need to, we need to go and talk to the lifeguards. So we're going through that process and then we'll move into 100% design. Then it'll go to tender and it'll be an open tender because of the sheer value of the of the job. And we're hoping by the end of the year is when construction will start with about 12 to 14 months construction and it should be complete by the end of next year, which is in line with the 100th anniversary. Yeah. So it should be a, a good 100th birthday party. That's our plan. They're relatively tight timeframes in terms of infrastructure delivery to make the birthday party. Having worked in this field at council for over a decade or worked with our engineers, that timeline is quite tight to make sure we make the birthday. It is, and it's very seasonable. Uh, seasonal, as everyone would know in that location. You get some high tides, you get some big swell, and they're going to just have to walk away for a few days to let the weather pass before they can come back. So that's why you think oh, 12 to 14 months, that's a long time to do the work, but it's not when it comes down to the seasons. We're going to have to work with people, pedestrian access, and also it's a tight site to get into, and that's why we've allowed a decent construction time to get it done. Well, thank you for all your work, Megan, and thank you for joining me here today talking your Newcastle and the Newcastle Ocean Bars. Thank you so much, Paul Scott. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and very excited about the 100th anniversary and being down there when the pool's officially opened. And can I say thank you for not being so miserable? It's been a delight. (laughs) I was very scared, you know, meeting the miserablest man. And you, sorry, I shouldn't say this because I don't want to let everyone else in Newcastle know that you're actually okay. Let's talk about car parking for a (laughs) minute. Yeah. Oh, God, don't start him. It's been lovely to have you today. Goodbye. (laughs) That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen.